Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the bigger picture. And we've got Asian markets opening higher on the back of a rally on Wall Street overnight. So where does it go from here as we look at the rest of the year? Let's check in now with Thomas Tor. He is the head of APAC iShares Investment Strategy for BlackRock. Thomas, thanks for joining us on the show today. Morning. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. It's been yeah, a while. great to have you back as well, Thomas. Now let's talk about what's going to be playing out in the next two months and looking at what we have in Asia. If you just look at the MSCI Asia Pacific Index, that's at its highest levels in two months. So talk to us about the momentum you're seeing in the markets right now. Yeah, well, I mean, the momentum has shifted pretty dramatically over the last couple of weeks. You know, a lot of that is being driven by inflation data out of the U.S. Um, and particularly how the market is pricing Fed action into next year. I mean, two weeks ago, the market was anticipating the possibility of one more rate hike. And now, if you look at the swaps curve, um, it's basically showing us three to four rate cuts next year. Mm-hmm. So that obviously has an impact on U.S. dollar, and then that trickles down into some of the Asian economies. So, yeah, I think the, the, the momentum has, has shifted pretty dramatically over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, talking about momentum, Thomas, uh, looking at Japanese markets, that has seen a lot of momentum. Year-to-date, it's up 29%, and it has hit a 33-year high. What is driving the Japanese markets, and how much is going to be the, I guess, upside from here? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously been one of the top performers year today. I, I think you, you also need to differentiate between those returns in Japanese yen and U.S. dollar. They are very, very different given how much the JPY has depreciated this year. But, you know, I think, you know, we've kind of been seeing phase one of the return of investors to, to Japanese equities and fixed income. You know, we've kind of seen investors selling Jap- Japan for the last uh, five years up until 2023. And we're really just seeing investors getting back to kind of a neutral uh, weighting at the moment. So, you know, what does it be? driven by well you know there's obviously a huge discrepancy between what the boj have done this year and continue to do and what what other central banks uh, continue to do so uh, the boj remains accommodative of course they will have to exit negative interest rate policy at some point but you know that that's a big driver for for investors to return into into japanese equities and fixed income yeah you've got the japanese yen being a factor in fact feel like the dollar yen cross is down five percent in the past year so what you're saying is perhaps we might see soon enough the yen to bottom out and rebound is that going to have any headwinds for japanese stocks Initially, you know, once the the BOJ do exit from negative interest rate policy, that will clearly have an appreciative effect on JPY and that will impact Japanese equities in the short term. I don't think it's going to be that much of a headwind to to longer term type of investors. You know, we're looking at the possibility of that exit from NIRP even at the end of this year, given some of the inflation data that's been happening. But most investors are looking at April because we need to see more data from the actual wage growth numbers in Japan. But yeah, certainly that will have a short term impact. I don't think investors really need to rush into Japan at this point. But, you know, the longer term structural story particularly when you compare it to some of the other markets. That certainly looks good into the coming years. Yeah, Thomas, some about structural issues. China is facing plenty of it. So you've got, of course, the property sector going through a bit of a slump. You've got youth unemployment and many more things to worry about. And in focus, of course, yesterday were the benchmark lending rates. No changes as expected. What does that signal to you that perhaps they might need to focus on other forms of mechanisms to shore up the economy? The policies from the People's Bank of China have somewhat disappointed a lot of investors uh, so far this this year, as as you can tell probably by the performance of, of China equities in general. Yeah, I think in terms of the slowing growth dynamics and also the demographic situation, and of course the property situation, they don't look particularly great 
for longer term prospects for macro investors. But certainly, I think in the short term, we're starting to see a little bit of short covering coming into the end of the year. Mm. You know, even yesterday, we saw Chinese equities, you know, some of the benchmarks up nearly 3%. Um, valuations are very low. Sentiment is very, very poor and holdings are very, very low. So I could certainly see some, some short term upside as we've been talking about the last month or so. But over the longer term, you know, the growth dynamics will continue to slow. So investors need to figure out what, what the right equity risk premium is for, for their Chinese equity exposures. Yeah, Thomas, uh, looking at China, where do you see the urgency right now when it comes to, I guess, stimulus measures? Yesterday, we had reports that authorities are coming up with a white list of 50 developers, both from a private and public site that will be C-Banks encouraged to lend to. And of course, not too long ago, also reports that Beijing is considering low-cost financing to boost urban village renovation and provide affordable housing projects. Uh, what's your take on the pace of stimulus measures being rolled out? We haven't really seen anything major yet. For most investors, they've been too slow all year. I mean, if you look at what we had at the beginning of the year when we've kind of coming out of this COVID situation, you get the China reopening, investors kind of rush back in because coming out of COVID lockdown for many, many years, most investors were expecting some broader fiscal monetary stimulus. And we haven't really got it this year, which is really just showing that China is more concerned about deleveraging and, mm. and, and kind of having more stability around the economy, the dual circulation, domestically driven. So I don't think investors should really expect any kind of bazooka uh, in terms of stimulus from, from the PBOC in, in the future. I think it's going to be slow, uh, steady growth, which will kind of decline over time. But, uh, you know, it's not going to be the dynamic 10% nominal GDP growth that we've seen, you know, in the last decade or so. Yeah, so financial stability seems to be the priority here. Does it suggest also that they're going to leave it to market forces to weed out the, uh, I suppose, the weaker companies and we could actually see some companies go under in the property side of things at least? There's a little bit of that. I mean, I, I think the Chinese authorities will, you know, they have stated that they will do enough to, to keep you know, a lot of these property names afloat. Hmm. But, you know, at the same time, they, they don't want to see this overshooting in terms of leverage and balance sheet expansion that we kind of saw leading up to 2015, 2016. So, you know, I think it is stability. You will see some market forces playing out in terms of, you know, which companies are successful and which ones aren't. But I think they will do enough to, to make sure that those bankruptcy rates don't go too high, particularly in the, in, in the property sector. All right, Thomas, just to wrap things up, let's take a look at how you are positioning the portfolio when it comes to Asia. So you've got China, valuations looking quite attractive. Uh, Japan at 33-year highs. How do these fit into your equation? Well, I think at the moment, if you're looking more tactically into year end, you know, I, I think we will probably see some rotation, some more short covering in China, which which could, could definitely prop the market up. The possibility of a, a bit of a retrace in Japan and, and India, particularly if we get a, a exit from negative interest rate policy. But but the longer term portfolio, I still think, you know, you should be looking for those opportunities to be overweight in Japan uh, and India. Those would probably be the drivers of your Asian equity returns um, in the next sort of five to 10 years. All right, India, a market to look forward to. Well, I've been chatting with Thomas Tor. He's the head of APEC iShares Investment Strategy for BlackRock. Thomas, it's always great chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers. All right, Thomas Tor there. Save Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.